13th chapter in the third verse. Hebrews 13.3, if you would please. Hebrews 13.3 says, Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. And of course, today being the day that we center in on the persecuted church, as you've seen, um, the Bible says to remember the prisoners as if chained with them. If you were chained, you know, it's one thing to listen to all of these things that we saw and most people will, oh, that's bad, that's horrible, and they go on with their day and whatnot. But if you were actually, or I were actually chained with these people in the prisons, it would mean a whole different thing to us. And, uh, and the Bible says we're supposed to remember them as if we were chained with them. I don't know how many Christians, including myself, really do this, but it's something the Bible says we ought to do. And, and if we did that, we would be more cognizant of persecuted Christians. Now, what I want to do here today is just look at persecution of the past and the present. Um, and, and then I want to conclude with, when I said the present, looking at some things that are going on now in the nation of, uh, in our nation in which we live. Hebrews 11.32, look at this, Hebrews 11.32. Let's look at some of the people that got persecuted in the past. And what more shall I say, Hebrews 11.32, for the time would fail me to tell of, the, of Gideon, Brack, Samson, Jethah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. It means they got evidently got fed, fed to the lions. Daniel went in the lion's den, didn't he? Well, that's persecution, wasn't it? Didn't he get persecuted? He got thrown in the lion's den. And, now, he, he didn't get eaten, but uh, nonetheless, he was persecuted. Uh, quenched the violence of fire. That's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They got persecuted and thrown in the fiery furnace and they were, uh, you know, they came out. They weren't burned up, thank God. But persecuted nonetheless, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, notice this, were tortured not accepting deliverance. Look at that. Not accepting deliverance. I wonder how many of us, if a gun was put to our head, now are you going to stay with Jesus or not? If you, if you stay with Jesus, we're going to pull the trigger. But if you reject him, if you reject him, we'll let you live. I wonder how many of us, if we were really in that situation, would accept the uh, easy way out or if we let them go ahead and end our life for our testimony for Jesus. It's interesting. Examine yourself. See where you're at. Would you stick with Jesus to the end or would you bail out and reject him to save your life? What would you do? I don't know that any of us really would ever know the answer to that question until we were actually put in that situation, but something to think about. Notice, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mocking, scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. Notice that. They were stoned, sawn in two. It's said that Isaiah the prophet was put inside a hollow log and sown in a sawed, sawed in half. They were tempted, slain with the sword wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. 
The world was certainly not worthy of these people. They wandered in deserts, mountains, dens, caves of the earth. Something, isn't it? We don't ever need to forget those people. Can you say amen? Amen. You're out there today. I think I woke about half of you up right there. Go to Revelation 1 verse 9. Notice this. Revelation 1 verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that's called Patmos for the word of God for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Well, tradition says that John, you know, he was one of the 12 disciples. He was boiled in oil because of his testimony for Jesus. Boiled in oil. And he was unharmed. And so they exiled him. They put him on the Isle of Patmos. And of course, he got the book of Revelation from the Lord. He's the only apostle not to suffer a violent death. The only apostle not to suffer a violent death. He was the only one to die of what we would call natural causes. James, that's John's brother, you know, he was the first of the 12 apostles to be martyred. To be martyred means to be put to death for the cause in which you believe. And, And it's interesting of James, on the way to be executed, he showed so much courage that one of his executioners was so impressed and moved that he confessed Jesus and was beheaded with James. Think about that. I wonder if you and I were being taken out to be martyred for Jesus, how we would act on the way to have our head chopped off. This guy here, James, had so much courage that the guy that was going to chop his head off was so moved and so impressed that he gave his heart to the Lord Jesus and laid his head down on the chopping blocks as well. Can you imagine that? That's the kind of testimony that James had for the Lord Jesus. You know, Stephen, have you ever heard of Stephen? How many's ever heard of Stephen? You ever heard of him? He's the, now, now James was the first of the 12 apostles to be martyred, but Stephen was the first Christian martyr. And you know, he was stoned to death. And of course, his death affected somebody else. Do you know who's his, who's, who's his death affected? Does anybody know? Saul, remember Saul who became Paul. And I think that that affected Saul that that later on he gave his heart to Jesus. Peter, y'all remember Peter? He was persecuted much and he was crucified upside down. Evidently, Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross. Matthew was pinned to the ground and beheaded. These are all how these apostles died because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. Thomas, you know, we call him Doubting Thomas. He was the first one to call Jesus Lord, my Lord, my God. He was tortured and run through with spears and then thrown into a fiery oven. Now, James, who was Jesus' half-brother, he was a pastor who wrote the book of James. He was thrown off the temple tower and his head was beaten in with clubs. That's how he died. Luke, who wrote Luke and the book of Acts, he was the physician that traveled with Paul. He was hung from an olive tree. Now Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, he was tied with ropes and then drugged behind horses until dead. Now why? Listen to this. Because he spoke out against, now remember that, he spoke out against the people of Alexandria and their idol worship. Did you hear me? 
He spoke out against something. Bartholomew, cruelly beaten, stripped of his skin. Think about that. They filleted him and then crucified him. John the Baptist, remember him, he was beheaded. Remember that? Due to the fact that he cried out against Herod's, he cried out against the king, Herod's sexual sin. He cried out against, he spoke out against sexual sin, the king's sexual sin. And it got his head chopped off. Timothy, Timothy, you remember him, he rebuked the Ephesian pagans over their idolatry. So he spoke out against something. And he was beaten with clubs and he died two days later. And of course, the apostle Paul, who wrote nearly two-thirds of the New Testament at the direction of the Holy Spirit, he was in prison frequently. He was beaten severely. He was exposed to death again and again, five times. He was beaten with 39 stripes, 39 lashes with the whip. Three times he says he was beaten with, with rods or with sticks. He was stoned once, remember, and left for dead. The Bible talks about, or Paul writes one place where he was delivered from the lion's mouth. Evidently they fed him to the lions, but like Daniel, he was delivered. And then he was beheaded at an old age. They cut his head off at an old age. Now, uh, Christians, those are like the apostles and the people of the, the, the New Testament days, but Christians of the first century church, as well as church leaders were persecuted. You ought to get you a Fox books of the, Fox's Book of the Martyrs, and uh, they go through many of these uh, things and so many more than I have time to cover. But uh, back in the first century or so, right back there then, Nero, he was a Roman emperor, and he would have Christians sewn inside animal skins and fed to the dogs. Think about that. He would dress Christians in wax clothes and set them on fire to provide light for his parties. He also would feed Christians to the lions. You need to realize that one of the big sports back there then, one of the big sports back there then was the crowds would come and they'd fill the massive coliseums. And they'd put the Christians out in the Colosseum and they would send the lions out to devour them. And as the Christians were being devoured, the crowds would scream and, you know, so on. Can you imagine that? But that's what happened. And in many cases, Christians would have the right to renounce Jesus, as we said a while ago, or be put to death. I like what Polycarp, who was an early church leader, he said this, he was, well, he was given a chance to renounce Christ or be burnt at the stake. Renounce Christ or be burnt at the stake. And here's what he said. He said, for 86 years, I have served Jesus. He has never wronged me once. How can I blaspheme my Lord who has saved me? Then he was burnt at the stake. Well, I hope that I would have such a testimony. How about you? So we think about days gone by and and days of yesteryear and certainly you need to understand that the persecution that is here in the United States is nothing like you see in some of these other places in the world as you saw this morning on the video. But you do need to realize that there is Christian persecution going on here in the United States. And it's not going to get better. It's just going to get worse. You need to understand that. And uh, I want to, uh, 
you, I, it's just going to get worse. You need to be aware of that. And you need to learn how to live by faith. Amen? So you need to learn how to live by faith. And uh, see, all of a sudden, all these things I've been teaching for all these years about living by faith and believe in God for provision and, and believe in God and, 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 and charging the angels with the word of God. All, all of a sudden now, what we've been teaching for the last 20 years, you're gonna, you're gonna need to use it to survive in the days that are coming. How many of you know you go to a mall now, airport, doesn't matter, it's open season. They pull out assault rifles and start shooting. You better have your angels working. Can you say amen? The economy, the, I mean, the thing, you understand the thing will collapse eventually. You understand that. You, you, better, you better be able to believe God. Did you, did, did you hear what I just said? You better be able to believe God. You better be a tither and a giver, not a tipper and a complainer, but a tither and a giver. Can you say amen? And you better learn how to believe God to provide for your needs. You see what I'm saying? You better be able to understand some things about angels and charging the angels of God or you're liable to get, get shot in a mall somewhere. Did you hear me? I mean, that's where, that's where we're living. You're liable to get shot in a church somewhere. Is that right? Hmm? See, it's not, it's not something to just lay back and sleep through these sermons. You should have been listening for the last 20 years. You'd be ready to go. Is that right? Now, uh, let me read you some recent newspaper articles here in the United States. Just recently, over the last year or so, give or take, Muslim accused, uh, uh, accused of beheading two Christians in the United States. Pastor killed two hurt in Illinois church shooting. Remember that one not long ago. Guy came in, shot and killed a pastor. Is that right? Remember that? How many remembers that? American Muslims stone Christians in Dearborn, Michigan. Judge finds preacher guilty for preaching near a noisy bar. Street preachers killed in the United States. These are just some headlines. Horror as gunman executes woman while she decorates church for children's party. Did you hear that? Horror as gunman executes woman while she decorates church for children's party. Does anybody want to come decorate the children's church? <laughs> Missionary jailed in North Carolina for telling officers to repent. And as I read on in that one, the word repent was considered a word that incites violence. You need to realize what's happening here in this nation. Listen carefully as I go on. Christians arrested in New Orleans for preaching after sunset. Police vow to target those Christians' churches next. Phoenix, Arizona, preacher sentenced to 60 days in jail for holding home Bible study and worship meetings in his own backyard. Walmart employee stabbed after confronting knife and gun-wielding pair who threatened a street preacher to preach in Jesus. Illinois man arrested for planning to bomb dozens of Oklahoma churches. 
Oklahoma residents urge school district to repeal policy banning the distribution of Bibles to students. So evidently that school district said you couldn't, couldn't hand out Bibles. It's right here in, in Oklahoma. Here's another one. School bans religious graduation songs. Universities are cracking down on Christian students. Here's another one. College shuts down dorm room Bible study. Here's another one I think you'll find interesting. President Obama said some time ago, we are no longer a Christian nation. Go to YouTube. Go check, the, go check it out. You can hear him. I mean, I know on YouTube sometimes they cut things out, but you can go back and, you know, on YouTube, they, you can edit things and make somebody say anything. So I went and checked it, and the man said, we are no longer a Christian nation. Now, he said some other things, but, but he said, we are no longer a Christian nation. Well, you know, this nation was founded as a Christian nation. And one of the main reasons that this nation, probably the main reason beyond any other reason you could state that this nation is in such a mess is because we've moved away from it being a Christian nation. Can you say amen? Is that right? Give me time to think about this. The United States government, the IRS, targeting groups, many of which hold the Christian faith. Is that right? Christians deemed terrorists. In, now listen, Christians were deemed as terrorists in studies funded by the Department of Homeland Security. That's our Department of Homeland Security. We're talking about persecution of Christians right here in the United States. Christian deemed terrorists in studies funded by the Department of Homeland Security. Hmm. There was an evangelist jailed for preaching at a New Jersey uh, train station. Police cited terroristic concerns you see where this nation is headed they're looking at us as terrorists because we preach Jesus I've got more to say listen the department of homeland security warned of Christians who take the bible literally department of homeland security I'm talking here in the United States Warn, they're warning people about Christians who take the Bible literally. I take the Bible literally. And any saved person does. Do you understand that? I mean, I realize there's symbolic things in the Bible, but I take it literally. It's really God's book, Genesis to Revelation. Our Department of Homeland Security is warning of Christ, warning people about Christians who take the Bible literally. So they're warning them about me and you if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're saved and love Jesus. Can you imagine that? 
Listen to this now. Now listen to this. The army, well, first of all, the army's requiring soldiers to remove Bible scripture etched into their rifle scopes. But here, but, but it gets more interesting. The army labeled evangelical Christians as religious extremists. Now, that, now, now that's serious because, you know, the army of the United States is pretty powerful, isn't it? And if they can get the propaganda through to them, to the army, and the army can look at us Christians as terrorists and extremists, then we got the, we, we, we got the army of the United States looking badly at us. Do you see where the, how this is moving? Do you, do you see it? Now, I'm not saying every soldier in the army, but the army in general, they're trying to get them to see Christians, serious Christians, as religious extremists. The Pentagon, you know what the Pentagon is? Oversees all the military, the army, the Marines, the Air Force, the Navy. The Pentagon, now listen, they have inquired of an anti-Christian extremist for religious tolerance to write their policies. The Pentagon, I'll just read the exact thing. Pentagon taps anti-Christian extremists for religious tolerance policy, which says. So what, what they're doing, what the Pentagon has asked, they've, they've hired evidently this anti-Christian extremist to write a religious tolerance policy for them. Do you, do you understand? Do you, do, you, do you hear that? And here's what this policy says in part. Today we face incredibly well-funded gangs of fundamentalist Christian monsters who terrorize their fellow Americans by forcing their weaponized and twisted version of Christianity upon their helpless subordinates in our nation's armed forces. But do you see what they're trying to do? They're trying to get the the, the, the military forces of the United States of America to turn on Christians. Can't you see that? You better take this cold-bloodedly serious, what I'm talking about today, because that's what we're facing in this nation as we move ahead. Did you, did you get what I just said there? It's pretty serious stuff, isn't it? This is not a message you want to be sleeping through. You better be listening carefully. Is that right? So they've, they've inquired, the Pentagon has evidently hired this anti-Christian extremist to write their religious tolerance policy. I'm going to read it again. Today we face incredibly well-funded gangs of fundamentalist Christian monsters who terrorize their fellow Americans by forcing their weaponized and twisted version of Christianity upon their helpless subordinates in our nation's armed forces. Jay Sekulow, who many of you may not know, some of you may know, he's the, uh, he leads up or heads the American Center for Law and Justice. And he recently sent an email uh, to us. He sends them out to a bunch of churches. So we were just one of the churches I received the email, but I'll just read it in part. Here, he, he, here's what he had to say. Did you know the U.S. military keeps... Now, I'm not talking bad about the military. I'm not downing them. 
What I'm talking about here is what this government is feeding them. Did you hear what I just said? So I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. I'm all for the military. I love our military. We, we're, we, we support our military. Can you say amen? So, so I'm not saying anything bad about anybody that's serving in the military. What I am saying is, is that this government, the, lead, the people that are leading this government, apparently are, are you know what propaganda is? You know, they're, they're, they're feeding this to the military and getting them, trying to get them to think that fundamental Christians, you know, evangelicals, people that really believe the word of God are extremists and terrorists and a threat to the United States. What they're trying to do is they're trying to turn the armed forces on us. So what they're trying to do. Anyway, let me read this. Did you know the U.S. military keeps briefing soldiers at bases across the U.S. that evangelical Christians are extremists? Next page here says, did you know, this is that email from Jay Seculo. Did you know these briefings warn soldiers not to join or donate to these Christians or they could, listen to this, they could face punishment. It's hard to believe, but it's, it's true. Jay Seculo's organization is taking action, defending Christians and demanding action to stop anti-Christian propaganda in the military. So I'm glad for what Jay Seculo is doing. And now here's what Jay Seculo says. He's, now listen, now here's what he said. This is a man who's researched this stuff. I haven't researched it like he has. Here's what he says. The commander in chief, you know who that is? And his secretary of defense. Now I'm not saying this, Jay Seculo is saying this. The commander in chief and his secretary of defense are responsible for this Propaganda that's going to the military. Let me read a few more newspaper articles to you. I hope if nothing else, this is just getting your attention. A few news, other newspaper articles. Here, listen to this. And here's another thing that's happening that you need to be aware of. Christian photographer here in the United States fined for refusing to photograph a homosexual wedding. A Christian baker faced similar situation for refusing to make a wedding cake for a homosexual couple. A Vermont Christian bread and be- uh, bed and breakfast. You know what those are? Spend the night and then have breakfast in the morning. I don't, I don't know. It's like a little hotel type thing. Anyway, it's a Vermont. Right here in Vermont, Christian bed and breakfast was fined $10,000 for not allowing a homosexual couple to have a wedding commitment service on their grounds. And then when sued by this homosexual couple, this bed and breakfast settled the lawsuit for $20,000. U.S. military airmen punished. Listen to this. A U.S. military airman was punished for objecting to a homosexual marriage in a military chapel. We got an email 
some time ago again from Jay Seculo and he didn't just send it to us. He sent it out to a bunch of churches, whole bunch of churches, but we were just one that got the email. And he had warned us that uh, he said, you better have it in your official policy of, of the church in the, in the bylaws and whatnot. He said, you better have it officially documented properly in the bylaws of your church because there are uh, quote unquote homosexual couples going about and they're approaching the church leadership and asking them if they would perform a wedding ceremony and marry the homosexual couple. And if the church refuses to do so, if they don't have the proper uh, documentation and the proper policies in place, that that church can be sued because they refuse to marry the homosexual couple. And so we were warned on that. Now we had our policy was good and sound and solid, but we tightened it up even more so. I'm not going to perform any homosexual weddings. And if they have to put me in prison, I'm not going to do it because it's against the word of God. I said it's against the word of God. I brought a newspaper article that someone gave me actually last Sunday. This is dated uh, October 24th, 2013. So just October 24th, 2013. This was from our St. Louis Post-Dispatch. It was in the other views section. And this is a, uh, a so-called Baptist minister from Kirkwood. I won't call his name, but it's in the paper. And he wrote an article and he said, why Christians should support same-sex marriage. And he gave several reasons. And in fact, he performed two homosexual uh, weddings and he gave so-called reasons why Christians should support same-sex marriage. And we're living in a day and in an hour. And let me just tell you, this is not a man of God. I said, this is, he, they may call him a minister, but he's not a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, where this whole thing is going here in the United States, we're talking about persecution today. And I'm just gonna go on a little bit longer and then we'll close, but listen carefully. Where this thing is going here in the United States, where this thing is moving is I just made a statement when I said that this is, this is not a man of God. Did you hear me make that statement? And you all pretty much agreed. I think you all did. I mean, most everybody. But where this is going here in the United States is for me to make that statement that I just made that this is not a man of God and homosexual marriage is not ordained of God and it's, it's against the word of God and it's sin. Where this is going here in the United States is when I make that statement, 
they won't have police officers come in and arrest me and put me in jail for saying that. Did you hear what I just said? And we're a lot closer to that than you might think. I said we're a lot closer to that than you might think. Now, did you get what I just said? Do you understand that's, that's where this nation's, I mean, we have the president has made the statement that he's in favor of homosexual marriage. He, I heard him say it. I believe he's the first sitting president that's made that statement. Now, others may have supported it to whatever degree, but he's the first sitting president, I think, that's ever made that statement. Uh, but, but where this is going, and it's, it's to some degree, it's already, it's already there, but for me or any other minister to stand and oppose same-sex marriage, we're gonna be viewed as extremists. We already are viewed as extremists. We're viewed as a threat. And for me to make that statement, they wanna persecute me and, and you and put us in prison for taking that stand. I'm going slow because I want you to get, did you get that? You realize a homosexual acceptance is sweeping this land. You realize that, don't you? There's a lot of them that are people that are against it, but a lot of people are for it. You know, it's one of the things that comes to the forefront before God judges a nation. Did you hear me? Now, just so there's no misunderstanding, you need to realize that I love homosexuals. I really do, just like I love gossipers. You know, I will say this. I think sometimes it's a, it's a shame that we, you know, you know, the, the, you know, it looks like we pick on homosexuals or sexual sin and the gossipers walk free. You know, gossiping is sin. Did you know that? Do you know backbiting is sin? Did you know that? Do you know being a tattletale and a talebearer? Did you know that's sin? Did you know getting on the email or the text and have you heard, have you heard, have you heard, have you heard? Do you know God hates that? And it's one thing when a sinner does that, but I tell you what, I know any number of Christians that they're little tattletales and they get on the email and they get on the text and they get, and they get to going, have you heard, have you heard, have you heard, have you heard? I think God just, I think that's more disgusting to him when a Christian that knows better that does that, I think that's more disgusting to God than homosexuality. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? But I taught a message one time about sexual sins years ago and sexual sins in the Bible do appear to be worse than others. Don't have time to get into all that now. But I want you to understand that I, I love homosexuals. I really do. I really, really do. And God loves them. Did you hear me? And, and you know, we pick on homosexuality, but you know, fornication, that's when a man and a woman who aren't married are having sex. You know, God's not in favor of that. Did, did you hear me? Huh, is that right? Or adultery when you got one of the one of the people's married and the other one's not and they're having sex with somebody and they're not married to, that's adultery. God has nothing good to say about that. Is that right? But it would seem that as we look back at history that that this homosexuality, which has been around since, you know, the days of Noah and the days certainly the days of Lot, you know, it's nothing new. But it seems like that sin of homosexuality comes to the forefront in a nation and is accepted, widely accepted in a nation before the judgment of God falls. 
Did you hear me? But you need, you need to understand, I love homosexuals. I love them. God loves them. And, and I welcome, listen, I welcome. Now, now, here's, now here's the difference between this church and a lot of other churches. I welcome homosexuals, but they're not going to be comfortable attending here because I'm going to tell them the truth. Now, you know as well as I do, if there was a homosexual attending here, practicing homosexual attending here, what I've just said in the last five to ten minutes would make them very uncomfortable. Is that right? And so they'd either, what, repent or they wouldn't come back. Is that correct? Now, you want a pastor like that. Now, you listen to what I'm telling you now. I said, now, you listen to what I'm telling you now. Now, I'm going to stick on this homosexual thing. If a homosexual can attend your church more than a month... And be comfortable there more than than a month in that sin, then you need to get out of that church. Boy, that and, and the Holy Ghost said to me some years ago. Now you need to listen real carefully. If you're listening, say I'm listening. And you need to listen real close what I'm saying now. Some years ago, the Spirit of God said to me that there was a move that was coming, particularly here in the United States, of ministers that would rise to the forefront and they would be ministers of acceptance. We accept anything and everything. We accept, we accept all, say all inclusive. All inclusive. And you've seen that's happened just like the Holy Ghost told me it would. And that's come to the forefront And then here's what else the Holy Ghost said to me. He said that this is going to be one of the most diabolical things that we've ever had to deal with. And here's the reason. Don't you just love all-inclusive, everything, everybody? We just love, 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 just love. Don't we, don't we love that? Don't we just love this love, this love? Don't we love that? How many, how many likes that? Huh? Just love, just love, just love, just love, just love everybody, just love everybody. Huh? How many, how many, I mean, does, I mean that's, doesn't that just make you feel fuzzy on the inside? Sure it does. And these ministers would rise up and make everybody feel fuzzy, wuzzy, wuzzy, like fuzzy, wuzzy had a bear. Oh, they don't know that. Fuzzy was it had no hair. Fuzzy was it wasn't fuzzy was he? But nonetheless, these ministers would make everybody feel fuzzy was he? All inclusive, all accepted, all everybody in, you know. And here's the Spirit of God dealt with me, very serious now. He said this to me. He said, the reason it's so diabolical is because to speak against it is like you're coming against who would you not want to who would you not want to come against Cinderella? Can you imagine me standing up here talking bad about Cinderella? Or me talking bad about Dorothy Gale from the Wizard of Oz? There's some people you just don't come against, is that right? Mary Poppins might be one. You just don't come against you just you understand what I'm saying? And 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 and, and the the Spirit of God said this to me. He said that the reason it's so diabolical is because for a man of God to stand in a pulpit and speak against it, that man of God that does that is going to be deemed as a hate monger, 
deemed as intolerant, deemed as, 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 as just a bad guy. Because after all, everybody, including most Christians, like to fuzzy, wuzzy, 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 wuzzy. They like to feel good. And so for me to stand up here and say homosexuality is sin, see, when I say that, I'm classified in the way this nation is going, the leadership of this nation. Now, they've put me in a category right there where they put me on a watch list. And they look at me as a terrorist and they look at me as a threat. Did you hear what I just said? And what they want to do is they want to be able to have police come in and when I say that, arrest me and put me in prison. And for me to stand up and say something about, do you realize some of the pastors with some of the largest churches in this nation They will not stand there and call homosexuality a sin. Did you know that? They'll go on national television shows and they'll stand there, they'll sit there and they'll say, well, I just don't know. Man, you can take a third grade Sunday school student and can read the Bible and can tell you that that's sin. Is that right? But you got some of these leading pastors of some of the biggest churches that you'll find and they won't stand up there and love and, 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 and I, some of them even well-intentioned but they're so they want to just include everybody to the point that just everything is accepted and then for me to stand and say something against that or like this this guy here this pastor here who said that Christians ought to support same-sex marriage See, if if I took that position, I would expect none of you to ever come back here again. Ever. Unless I repented. Did you hear what I just said? But yet he's just happy as a lark in this. But for me to speak against this guy, there's probably some people here listening all over the internet that, well, Pastor Terry just isn't walking in love. He's just not walking in love. He's just a hate monger. He's just not walking in love. Well, I'm going to stick with the word of God. No matter who it costs me, no matter what it costs me, but I want to tell you again, and I don't want you to miss this. If you can attend this church or any other church, and you can go on in your sin, whatever it is, and your toes don't ever get stepped on, then you're not in a church called by God. Did you get what I just said? I'm going to say it again because I want you to get it. Okay? I don't care if it's this church or any church. I don't care how many people there are, how many or how few, how many or how few, but if you can attend there any length of time, And your toes, no matter what your deal is, your toes don't ever get stepped on. Then you're not in a church that's called by Almighty God. Did you hear what I just said? Now, does that mean that your toes should get stepped on all the time? No. Does that mean that you should be beat over the head with the word of God every Sunday? 
Does that mean that you should be leaving the services feeling horrible or bad? No, we ought to be as ministers encouraging you and lifting you up and, 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 and we ought to be doing all of that. But along with all that encouragement, I actually one time, I, I got to say this, one time I, I stood up years ago and I stood up and I shared just briefly what I shared with you. And, 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 and I had a lady come to me at the door and she was fighting mad. And she, I mean, she was fighting me, mad. She said, how dare you say what you said about, and I never called any names, but she said, I know who you were talking about. And, 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 and here's what she said. This man just makes me, this preacher just makes me feel so good on the inside when I listen to him. And I said, but, but he, he just said on national television that Jesus was the best way to get to heaven. Listen, Jesus isn't the best way to get to heaven. He's the only way to get to heaven. Did you hear what I just said? And she said, well, but he makes me feel all fuzzy-wuzzy. She didn't say that. She said, he makes me feel all good on the inside. And I said, but he, he he just said Jesus was the best way. Jesus isn't the best way. He's the only way. If, if he's the best way, that means there's other ways. There's only one way to the Father, that's through Jesus. Is that right? There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Is that right? Yeah. See, just me saying that right there, the government puts me on a hit list that I'm a threat. But she said, he makes me feel all fuzzy wuzzy. And I said, yeah, but what he just told people, send them to hell. And she said, well, I didn't hear him say it. I know he said it, but I didn't hear him say it. Until I hear him say it, I'm going to keep listening to him because he makes me feel all good on the inside. And she left. Did you hear what I'm saying? Now we want to love that lady. Say amen. We want to love her. But you know, folks, we're getting down to a time here where you're going to need messages that do more than make you feel fuzzy-wuzzy on the inside. My God, you need to go to a church that still believes in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Is that right? I still believe in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the healing power of God. Amen. Amen. Lord of God. I tell you what. We're coming up on a time where you're going to need something more than just a fuzzy-wuzzy message. You're going to need the word of God. You're going to need to know how to live by faith, activate angels. Can you say amen? You're going to need more than a little 30-minute three points in a poem to get you out to satisfy your deal that you need to get out of this. You need to be willing to come and wait on God. Can you say amen? Sometimes some people say, well, how come the Holy Ghost isn't moving as much anymore? How many of you are willing to wait two or three hours for him to move? Huh? That's one reason the Holy Ghost isn't moving like, like he used to in this nation, among other things, but in churches, is, is you got to get everybody out in 30 minutes. You got to you look at Brother Hagen and some of those great meetings he had years ago. He'd come into church and he'd have three, four week services. He'd go every night, go go several hours every night. Did you hear what I just said? Now, how how big is that going to go over in this nation? Now, in most places, you go much past you know eleven fifteen, people start getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? Did you hear me? But I'll be grouped among the hate mongers and whatnot. Sad to say, but it's true, and that's the way this has moved and is moving. I hope none of you see me as a hate monger.
I love people. I love them just enough to tell them the truth about it. And the word of God says that homosexuality is sin. There's a whole lot of other sins beside that one. Can't you see that's taking this nation over? Can't you see it? And anybody that speaks out against it, they want to put them in jail. Well, they can just put me in jail. The Bible says we ought to obey God rather than man. So no, your, your, shoes, your toes shouldn't be getting stepped on every service. And I think most of the time we make you feel encouraged when you leave and all of that. But my goodness gracious, Gertie sakes in the bucket. <laughs> That's what my mother used to always say. My goodness gracious, Gertie sakes in the bucket. If you're in a church called by God, you, you, you'll be getting your toes stepped on occasionally. Not condemned and beat over the head, but your toes stepped on once in a while. I don't know how to say it any better than, than, than the Spirit of God gave it to me some years ago. He said, everybody, welcome but nobody comfortable until they're walking right with him. Did you hear what I just said? Everybody, well, say everybody welcome. Everybody welcome, everybody welcome, but nobody comfortable until they're walking as close to God as they can walk. We love people, we don't turn people away, we love them, we help them, homosexuals, I mean, I had one kid show up here one day. He had a spiked mohawk. Have you ever seen a spiked mohawk? He looked like he had an accident run into a snow cone stand on the way over. And he sat on the front row and we loved him. We loved him. He wrote me a email some years later because I'd lost track of him. He'd moved or something, I don't know. And he sent an email and he said, Pastor, you loved me even though I came looking like that. We love people. And I want, to, I want to include people, I want to do that, but we have to tell them the truth of the word of God. And they need to get born again. Is that right? You okay? Did I get my point across? I mean, I feel like you're getting it. Amen. Well, you know, Jesus said, a servant's not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Do they persecute Jesus? Well, they persecuted me some over the years. The Bible says all who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So if you're doing what's right in the sight of God, you're gonna suffer persecution. What do we do when persecuted? Keep a good attitude. Rejoice that we're counted worthy to suffer persecution for Jesus' sake. Amen. And then pray for those that persecute us. You know, Stephen, he prayed, didn't he, when he was being stoned? Remember one thing he said? He said, Lord, lay not their sin to their charge. Is that right? How do you pray for the persecuted church? My wife did it so well just a while ago. You pray for those being persecuted that their faith fail not, that they have strength to endure. And then you pray for those persecutors that they would get saved. You know, one quick way to stop persecution is get the persecutor saved. Is that right? Remember Saul was persecuting the church and then he got saved, became Paul and the Bible says the churches had, that he was persecuting, they had peace. Is that right? Amen. 
and much we could say. My wife already did a good job praying earlier, so we already took care of that. Did you get anything out of this? Friends, just to close this message, to share my heart with you. It's a hard thing and a challenging thing to pastor a church in this nation and be a, be a, be a man of God. It's very challenging because most people, most Christians, they want to be entertained when they come to church. They don't want to hear the truth of the word of God and insofar as that, they don't want to be challenged. They don't want to be challenged to commit to anything. They don't ever want their toes stepped on. And to preach the word of God the way a man of God needs to preach the word of God is not a, is not a popular thing in this land anymore. There's a lot more spiritual persecution going on and has gone on over the last years than you might realize or know. I'm talking in the spirit now, spiritually speaking. It's, it's very challenging to pastor a church in this nation if you're going to stand in a pulpit and be a man of God because of what I just said. But I don't know what else to do except stand here and give you the word of God. I don't know what else to do but to stand here and teach it and preach it with fervor. I'm not perfect, but the word of God is perfect. And so I just intend, no matter what it costs me, to stand here with all the love that I, of God that I have and preach and teach the word of God but it is not anymore like it used to be. I've told my wife this. I've told different ones close to me that things, things have changed. Spiritually, things have changed in this nation. I'm grieved. I'm brokenhearted over it. But we move on and we keep preaching the word. And I'm not going to quit preaching this message of the Lord Jesus Christ until he comes or until they put me in the ground. And I've had so many people walk away from me because I made the statement one time, I said that worship teams, because Diane and I had gone to a, to a to a service somewhere. And we looked at the, and we don't, my God, we don't go being judgmental. We just go to love people. But we were in a service and we looked on the platform and the, and the ladies that were up on the platform I mean, I have to just be honest with you. And I'd asked Diane about it. I said, you know, 
I said, not being judgmental or nothing like that, but I said, you're a woman, tell me, you know. And she told me, and you know, when, and the same would hold true for men, but women on a stage or anywhere in the church, whether they're, whatever they're doing in the church, they should look like holy Christian women, not prostitutes. I'm all for dressing fashionably. I'm all for that. But you couldn't tell the difference if those women in, on that stage that day, I, I mean, I couldn't tell if they, are they, were, they, were they worship leaders or were they prostitutes, the way they were dressed. Now, I don't look at the way people dress other than there's one thing the Bible has to say about it. They ought to be modest. Is that right? Did you know that some churches, some of the most successful churches are using sex to draw people? Did you hear what I just said? There's one church here in St. Louis. I've said it before. It bears repetition. They had, uh, they used, their title was Porn and Pancakes. That was the title of their men's breakfast. Now, now I'm not saying they were watching pornography and all that. They were probably teaching uh, ways to get free of it. But there's just certain things you don't do. Did you hear what I just said? And I remember I, I lovingly taught on that one day and I had a fellow come to me and he said, uh, he said, he said, you're, you're, he said, you're mean-spirited. He said, I won't come to your church anymore. And eventually he, he left. But I still stand that women, Christian women ought to look like women of God, not prostitutes. And I'm all for dressing fashionably. I'm all for that. But you can do that without looking like a prostitute. Is that right? And the same thing would go for men. I'm not picking on ladies. But you need to realize that, that churches are using, it's a, it, I can tell you what it is, it's a sensual spirit. And they're using sex to draw people. You need to understand that. But just me standing here saying that sounds like I'm a, mean-spirited fella. But dear friends, that's where we're at in this nation. That's where we're at politically. That's where we're at in much of the church world. Anyone listening to me by internet, examine where it is that you're going to church, taking your children. What are they teaching your children? Well, that's all I have to say. Did you get anything out of this? It's, a, it's challenging to pastor in this hour, but we're going to keep going. Amen? And uh, I'm going to stand with the Lord Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And I believe you folks will stand with me. And uh, we preach until he's finished with us. Can you say amen?